0: Welcome to another edition of Cultural Class Podcast, uh, the podcast where we get to interview people from different backgrounds, get to interact with other cultures and see what's going on in different places all over the world. Um, I have another special guest here with me today, and it's always great interviewing podcasters. You know why? Because podcasters always have the correct setup. So I was just talking to Jonesy before the interview and has, he has like this whole brand new mic and he has his laptop and he's like in an insulated environment, like everything's just perfect. How are you doing, Jonesy?
1: Oh, I'm doing so good, and I'm very flattered uh, that you gave me that kind of credit. In other words, I'm a professional, folks—a professional. Oh.
0: <laughs> you are, you are a professional. <laughs> well,
1: you know, it's funny because we're both podcasters, and we were kind of geeking out about my new microphone. You're like, "Oh, what kind is that?" Oh, and, and I could see that you you know you you wrote it down or whatever you did because you want to investigate. Uh, hey, look, when you're, if you want to treat this podcast seriously, like you know, that's how you make it grow. And how, how you get more listeners, more followers, and eventually make money at this, you know, you gotta take it seriously. You gotta get the good equipment, you know. Yep. So here I got my new microphone and I'm I'm ready to go. And I let's I hope that um I hope your listeners can hear me clearly. Yeah. I and, think and, and so. I, hope I, I can hear you perfectly. Yeah. I wonder if your listeners are hearing us hearing me and going,
0: Wow, what a sweet microphone that sounds like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you have no idea. Like, you know, when I reach out to people, like I try to tell people, hey, you know, be in this environment try to get like, even if you don't have a microphone, try to get like the Apple AirPods or something like, but people just get it wrong all the time. We spend like the first 40 minutes trying to make the setup right before we start the interview. But
1: yeah, they're like, hey, you what? No, it's it's not okay to record on the bus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right, right. You're like, no, no, that's not the right environment for this. Yeah, yeah. And how's it going? Uh, from what I understand, you're in Los Angeles, right? How's the weather over there? How's everything going? Well, you know, normally
1: I love the weather here, but uh, the last couple of weeks I've hated the weather here because it's uh, it's 106 degrees and there's fires all over the place. Again? We had, yeah, we had, some, oh we had two fires going on at the same time because one fire is not enough, okay? All you <laughs> oh people out God. there, you only got one fire in your city? <laughs> Get with the program. Okay. Every every single year. It's like uh <laughs> I know, I know. Like we even had thing. something we even had something called a fire NATO. It was like a fire tornado.
0: I don't know what's happening. Oh I hope God. 2020 ends real soon. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. This year has been like they should just strip this year from the calendar. It was 2019, then 2021. Like 2020 should just be forgotten about like this didn't happen because a lot of stuff has gone on like this year that I can't even imagine. And Trump is tweeting out that hey man, if you If you could come out to protest, then you can come out to vote, you know, still back and forth with the U.S. Postal Service. But that's another story for another day, man. Like, how's the situation now that, from what I understand, like, Joe Rogan seems to be like the one really, or one of the people, let me not say the one, one of the people really driving comedy in L.A. And you're in L.A. now that he's moving to Texas, like, what's the whole chatter with comedians? Like, I don't know, are the clubs still going to be like? Who's going to so, be fighting for the little guy, you
1: know? Well, wow, that's funny that you asked me that because, uh, yesterday I spoke to, or was it today? Was it yesterday or today? Yesterday I spoke with my good friend, Adam Hunter, who's a successful comedian out here. We were just catching up and, uh, we, one of the topics was, wow, comedians moving out of LA. So Joe Rogan's moving to Texas, but then Adam informed me also that, uh, who is Oh Theo Vaughn is moving out of L.A. Theo Vaughn is a huge comic and a very popular. He has a very popular podcast as well. And um, Joey Diaz, who also has oh, a popular podcast, what, what, is he moving back to New Jersey?
0: Or he's moving
1: back to New Jersey. So mm. there's there's three big uh headliner comedians also big time podcasters for those of you who listen to podcasts on a regular you might have recognized these names of course rogan but the other two as well have popular podcasts they're moving out of la you know it's funny i i think uh it's a combination of things right i uh first of all the the pandemic has really shut down the industry here uh you know th- i've gone on maybe three auditions in the past three months um nobody's really making film and TV here. A few little things are happening, but not very much at all. There's no shows for comedians for the most part, really. There's a few here and there, but not many at all. It all, it all seems to have gone away for the time being. So I think some comedians are like, hey, why, why should I be there right now? Uh, there's really no need well, for it. Moving I can go, is I can...
0: like a long-term thing. Like I'm not coming back because LA doesn't even seem to have like a favorable atmosphere for business in general. Like they're introducing the the estate tax or deliberating about the no, I'm sorry, not the estate tax. What they call it, the the wealth tax or something. They, they want to implement like like a wealth tax of like four percent. Like all the business people are just moving out. Like Elon oh. Musk is like establishing factories outside of LA. Like eventually oh, I didn't might move the whole. Test yeah, out of LA, you know? I didn't know that. That's terrible. That's terrible to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, LA is just, I went to, I like, I, I have a, a business degree, right? And I had a couple of lawyers in my class. And after my degree last year, a bunch of them, like, wrote the bar exam in, like, different states. None of them wrote the bar exam in LA. I was like, what's going on? Aren't you guys, this isn't one of you going to write the bar exam? They were like, nope, LA is, like, one of the worst places to practice law. That's just Ooh, wow. so much mumbo jumbo. But, you know, it is. Um,
1: yeah, you know the other thing I was going to mention when we were talking about those guys, uh, you know, when you have a podcast, uh, you can do it anywhere. That's that's the great thing about a podcast. You know, when I was traveling Asia for, uh, I was gone for seven weeks. I still did my podcast five days a week. Really? Uh, all I needed was an internet man, internet connection, and I could do it. Uh, so yeah, I could I continued to do my podcast. We can do it anywhere. You know, we really can do it anywhere. That's what's so great about having your own podcast. You know Uh, what?
0: That that makes sense because I remember when I was in Australia as well in 2018, I, I recorded an episode, but that was just one episode. You were gone for seven weeks and you put out an episode like every single day. And we'll obviously get to talk about that in the course of the episode. But well, let's, let's peel back the layers. Let's talk about you growing up. So you grew up in Boston. Yes. Um, what town did you grow up in? Like, how close was your life to the Ben Affleck movie, The Town? I don't know if people watched that. <laughs> like, that's my picture. Like, me grow- growing up in Nigeria, hearing about uh, Boston, that's what I wow. think about. Like, everyone's crazy. Like, what's going on? Oh, yeah. Uh, so... My
1: so my life wasn't exactly like the town. Um, I only robbed eight banks oh, as a child. <laughs> 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 All my friends were robbing twenty banks. I only had eight. Uh, yeah, no. Well, so that was South Boston, I think it, you're referring to. And everybody knows Boston for South Boston, a tough blue collar cra- uh, crowd over there. A lot of Irish. Uh, my. The town I grew up in was a little bit north of Boston, and it's a mix of Irish and Italians, which I am Irish and Italian. But I, I actually identify more with, with Italians growing up. Uh, so same kind of idea, but just, uh, you know, a lot of, hey, 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 oh, hey, hey, you know, a little bit of that, you know? So But with the, also with the Boston accent, like, uh, yeah, yeah, go park the car, hey, you're fans yeah. noon, you know, like stuff yeah, was, like that. I was going to
0: say that you don't have a Boston accent.
1: <laughs> no, my Boston accent only comes out when I'm very uh, angry or drunk. So that's what it comes out.
0: Same as as my Nigerian accent.
1: Your Nigerian accent comes out when you've been having, you've had a few uh, adult sodas, um, I'm assuming. Yeah, so my my childhood wasn't quite like every Boston movie that you see. Although, you know, definitely that kind of socioeconomic level, you know, low class, low class, blue collar, um, mostly white, but low class white. Uh, You know, nobody in my family had a a college degree. You know, I was... uh, You know, I went to college. I was one of the only people who actually went to college in my family. Now we have one, two, three people have graduated from college. I think from my family, three total. Uh, But we don't. That's not something that we ever really did. You know, that's not what's going on. My father was a plumber. My mother was a grocery store clerk. Worked at a. You know, beep beep. That's my mother. Did that for thirty years almost. She did worked at a grocery store doing that. That's where I come from. Uh, lower class, hard working people. Uh, and yeah, the so the neighborhood was not like, it wasn't like dangerous or anything like that. It just was, you know, poor people doing what poor people do, which is, you know, y- you know, play ball in the street, y- you know, kick a soccer ball in the, in the, along the gutter and, you know, play wiffle ball in the backyard. Like not, you know, that's about it. Uh, not, not in a lot of trouble. It uh, wasn't that kind of, i hate to you know it's not so glamorous you know everybody thinks of boston oh the street fights in boston and you were robbing stores it's like no no i was just kind of a poor kid like trying to play baseball with my buddies and well, you uh, grew up you grew up in the in the 90s or early 2000s or both uh late 80s and uh in 90s uh so yeah i mean I, I remember the late 80s barely but yeah uh so that's that's where i was coming from and luckily uh I was able to get a, a regular, a job out of high school. I didn't go to college out of high school. I didn't even know, I didn't know how to. I, no one could even help me. You know, it was like, I brought home the college application and my parents are like, huh, what is this? And like, that's I a, don't know.
0: That's a thing, right? When you're like a first generation college student that, you know, you have to pretty much like, and we see this in a lot of other communities as well, where it's difficult because you have no one around you can, you know, really give you that information or help you. So how, how did you manage to, to do I, that?
1: You know, I, I was really over my head, and you know, without having the proper information, I did some dumb things. I, I applied to like four colleges that were way out of my league. Uh, they were just they, the pictures of them looked awesome, so I just applied. One of them was—I'll never forget—one of them was Pepperdine, uh, which is which is, is a, Philadelphia or no, it's out here in uh, it's in Malibu, California, and the campus is just. It, the campus is on the ocean. So when I saw photos, I was like, oh, I want to go there. It looks like paradise, you know? It looks like, oh, that's like spring break all the time. So I, I applied to Pepperdine. Now, Pepperdine is A, it's, it's super religious. B, it's super expensive. It and C, supportive. it's super exclusive. You have to have like amazing grades to get in here. You know, I had a C average in high school. I had no business applying for Pepperdine. So And, and I didn't know any better. So I applied for four schools that I would just weigh out of my league I didn't get into any of them. So then I got a full-time job out of high school. Um, my, one of my relatives was a bill collector. And they're like, hey, you have, a, you have a high school diploma? That's all you need. Come and be a bill collector. So that's what I did. I was a bill collector, which means I just called people and, and told them that they need to pay the bill. And then they swore at me and then they hung up. And that's what I did all day for eight hours. In, in Boston, I'm sure they swore at you. So you didn't do any repo or anything? No, no, no repo or anything like that. I worked with some repo guys though, and they t- they had great stories. They had great stories about how they've been shot at and all that. It was a, that's a fascinating lifestyle, being a repo man for
0: sure. I've heard some really cool stories about that. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a cool person to interview, like talk to a repo man. Oh my god, to yeah, test. you
1: if you could ever get a repo man, oh they got stories, man. They got stories about being chased, shot at. They all got something because you're going on people's property trying to take their vehicle. It's like fascinating stuff. Yeah, we were we were the kind of the wusses of repo people. We would just we call you on the phone and we ask you to pay and then when you say no go to hell and then you hang we
0: hang up on me and then that's about it was that good training for the comedy world like later on (laughs) you know it's funny all comedians start out bombing right kind of
1: Wow, you absolutely nailed it. Wow, you're, you're so intelligent that you could piece that together. I've actually said that to people before, that bill collecting was a good training for me to be a comic. And, and, and no one understands why. You've, all, you've already thought about it and pieced it together, which is brilliant. But yes, the connection is um, being denied and failing. So being cool with failing, because bill collecting is a numbers game. I, w- I call 100 people a day and two people will pay me. And, I, that's, I, and I, don't take the, I don't take the hang-ups personally at all. They say, screw you, I got no money. You can't get blood out of a stone. They hang up, I just move on to the next one. Stand-up comedy, same idea. Failing, bombing, trying joke after joke after joke and they fall flat on their face until one of them works. Oh, cool, and get off stage.
0: And then that doesn't work happened, in a different so city.
1: It's like learning how to accept defeat Again and again and again and not give up. Like stand up comedy is like that, and bill collecting was like that as well. And so I, I always thought that it kind of, it's kind of in a weird way did prepare me to, uh, to you know navigate stand up comedy a little bit better because I was hung up on all day long and told to go screw myself, like, like, and, and also on stage I've been basically told to go screw myself on stage as well. And what's the worst?
0: What's the worst thing a heckler has done during the show?
1: I told a story about this the other day. When I was in Boston, when I first started doing stand-up comedy, I had long hair like a skater guy. Long hair. I was like a skater kid. And I would wear a baseball cap backwards. Mm -hmm. So you You,
0: couldn't see. You I built for LA, huh?
1: Yeah. I was totally. I looked LA back then. For sure. For sure. Uh, But you couldn't see all my hair because I had a baseball cap on backwards. But then long hair dangling out. So one time I'm doing a show in Boston and someone's yelling from the back of the room. They're going, mullet! Mullet I'm like And I didn't even understand What the hell This is the strangest heckle I've ever got before I'm like Excuse me sir Are Uh, you yelling What are you yelling What
0: a mullet is For some of our listeners That are listening to the US So people that don't know What a mullet is A mullet
1: is a particular Hairstyle from the 80s The Tiger King Yeah Or if you watch Tiger King Yeah that's a mullet And some hockey players Still wear a mullet uh, as As a style But basically It's short on top Long in the back What they call it they call it business in front, party in the back. So if you saw Tiger King, like the guy, what was his name? I forget his name. The Joe, Tiger King. Joe. Joe Exotic. Errol. Exotic, yeah. Joe Exotic had a mullet, right? That's short on top, long. Now this was a, this was an '80s haircut, by the way. It Was very popular in the '80s. If you watch, if you watch the band, any music videos from the '80s, like "Wham," you know, "Wake Me Up." Before you go, go like, like, well, I can't believe I'm singing on your podcast, but like George Michael had a mullet. They all had a mullet back then. So I, someone's, you know, I got long hair here, but you can't see what's going up on up here because I'm wearing a hat. But yet someone's yelling mullet. And then, but I don't understand why, because Wait, I don't have, I don't have a mullet. I was 19 years old. 19. Okay. I said, or 20. I said, uh I said, excuse me, what, are you yelling? What, you're yelling mullet? They're like, yeah, mullet. I said, why? Why are you yelling mullet? because you got a mullet in the middle of your set <laughs> in the middle of my set this is what okay. happens so then you got to think quick so then i said um uh i don't want to be crass on your podcast but i said something about that guy's mother uh i said uh i basically said your mother's vagina has a mullet it, but i said it i said i said the p word so i said your mother's got a got a mullet and everybody laughed and, uh, why is
0: everyone censoring the P word? Lately? Ben Shapiro. Oh, uh, some people don't like the P word. So I wasn't <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. So,
1: like, can you say that on your podcast? Yeah, I don't go wanna... ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So free. this is why I, I go, I go, oh, yeah, your mother's pussy's got a mullet. And everybody laughed, right? Because that's a funny sentence to say. Your mother's pussy's got a mullet. And, and by the way, when you imagine a pussy with a mullet, that's funny, yeah, how right? how does it's, that work? I don't Yeah, how does that work, right? You're, You're like, oh, front. is the hair... The hair yeah. on top is short, but then underneath it's long. <laughs> like, yeah. that's weird. So, the visual is very weird. It was a brilliant comeback. I have to pat myself on the back just for a second. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, f- fuck that guy, first of all, for interrupting me with that dumb comment. You know, this is a drunk in Boston. There's too many of these idiots. And then, so I felt like I was very proud of myself that I really slammed him and everybody i mean i got such a big laugh it was unbelievable it was one of the first really crushes of a heckler that i ever had and and the heck and the heckler deserved it as well because that's a you shouldn't interrupt the show those of you who are listening who go to a comedy show you should not you should not
0: but some comedians nowadays i don't know like i respect the art of comedy but i always get the sense that some comedians are trying to like pay back it's just like Jay Z is saying we overcharging for what they did to the Cold Crush. So, like, they weren't paint artists back in the day. So now we're overcharging to make them know that, hey, this is like a profession, you know, and all that. So, some comedians really go hard at like people like, oh, why are you walking during my show? You shouldn't be chewing french fries during my show, you shouldn't have a phone kick him out and they tell the bouncer, you know, kick that guy out, kick that guy out. And a show that starts with like 50 people might have like 35 people at the end of 30 minutes. So like, I can understand and I respect the art of comedy that, hey, you shouldn't like heckle or things like that. But some people might be doing other stuff and just maybe looking at their phone, eating, doing... I know. So they they go hard on them and like kick them out. I don't know. I I don't think you should go hard on them, but I think there's, I think some
1: old school comics are very frustrated that every young person is on Their phone all the time, and they're doing it in the shows too. And I can understand where that frustration comes from, but I also know because I'm on the cusp of this generation too. I don't have my phone on, I'm not in my phone all the time, but I use it quite a bit. And I realize what's going on. I know that I know kids that are 22 years old. I work with people like that, very young people. They are on it like it's part of their face. So I get it. So I think there's got to be a way for us to find a happy medium where. Uh, maybe just, I understand I'm doing a show. I know you're going to check your phone a couple of times and I'm going to be cool with that and I won't give you any shit. If I see that you're on the phone like a lot, like the whole time, that's going to distract me and pro- it might distract people around you. And then at that point, I got to address it. But I think it's helpful to be cool at first, give everybody the benefit of the doubt here because this is a generation that needs, they can't not look at their phone. It's it's just, it's embedded in them now. That It's wired behavior it's like breathing now you know it's it's that it's that much of a habit so i think we got to find a happy ground between you can check your phone a couple times during the show and answer a text or two but just don't be on it all the time and let's all be cool you know let's all be cool as long as you're not distracting and you're not distracted then i'm happy Um, And I, but I always also encourage people, you can be on your phone. You're just not in here. You can go out, you could go outside. You certainly don't make a call in the middle of the show. You know, and I've seen that before. People answer their phones in the middle of the show. I mean, how do you, how is that ever acceptable for anything, man? Mm, You can't
0: can't even go outside, go outside to answer your phone.
1: Sure. I mean, I would hope that if you're having dinner with a loved one, you don't answer the phone during that 45 minutes. Like never mind. Never mind being at a live show and now you're disturbing 150 people. You know, you're ruining it for people that, you know, you mentioned earlier, people are paying a high price now. Sometimes you might pay $20, $25 a ticket plus two drinks. So that's another $15, $20. So you're dropping 40 bucks per person per head, at least for a comedy show. If someone's spoiling that experience, that's not right, man. That's not right.
0: So, so. I, I agree. And, I, you know, I can kind of relate to this because from both sides of the divide, I mean, you're a better man than me that, you, you know, continue to do this. I tried stand up comedy once when I was 17, back in Abuja, Nigeria, and I was booed and I haven't oh. been on stage for 14 years. Wow, uh, this is incredible. <laughs> so, uh, all right. All right. You, tell me more about this. I want to hear about Abuja, Nigeria. There's a comedy scene. Yeah, I mean, Abuja, it's it's funny because it, the, the town is called Abuja and they booed me. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you got booed in Abuja. That's yeah, funny. I mean, Abuja is the capital city of Nigeria. It's like in north central Nigeria. And okay. I used to live there because my dad was in the military and we traveled a lot. And I was part of a teen magazine called What's Up? What's Up Magazine. I think that was like back in 2005 or something. I just finished high school a year before. I was like on the gap year before I got into college because of jam. Nigerians will understand that. So we organized a show and we brought a couple of artists. And I think something was going on with one of the artists. Like he didn't want to come on stage or something was happening like behind the scene. And I was hosting. I was hosting the show, but it wasn't like a big deal. It was like, and now we have. And now, yeah, whatever. And this guy didn't want to come on. I was like five or 10 minutes. And, you know, the crowd was starting to get rowdy. And usually, like, I can be pretty funny. Like, everyone updated, dated said, all the girls I've dated say I'm funny. Uh, my friends say I'm funny. So I was like, huh, I can be funny on stage. But, but that's a totally different thing. Like right, because the culture in Nigeria is we don't write jokes. That's what it is. Like if you write your jokes, at least back then, now people are starting to try to like get writers because of what's happening with Trevor Noah, you know, from South Africa. People are trying to be more professional with the whole thing. But back then, if you, you write your jokes, you're not, you know, respected. It has to be like off the rip. So I was like, okay, you know what? Wow. This artist was supposed to perform for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. I think I can fill this with an impromptu comedy set, like on the fly, and. I did my thing for the first five minutes and I, ooh, all I heard was ooh, and this was, we're all teenagers, right? So everyone in the hall. You were a teenager at the I time? I was 17, yeah. And wow. it was like a show for teenagers. It was organized by a teenage magazine I was a part of. I was an associate editor for a teenage magazine. So it was like a teenage thing. And everyone was just booing and booing and obviously I started to throw jabs at people in the audience. Like, hey, you know, you know how, how can you boo me when your shoe looks like the Titanic or something? Just so just do stuff and you know a few laughs here and then and people are like oh yeah we get it we get it you try it now and, you know call the next person like, that kind of thing. so and I haven't really <laughs> climbed I never thought about uh you know pursuing comedy as like a career or anything because to be honest I don't know if I can like withstand those hours like late night different cities and things like that but yeah that was my one and only experience and you know I try to be funny on the podcast every now and again but I've never got on stage since you
1: know um you know what I I I find fascinating that um, in in B- 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 Abuja, 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 the comedy scene they uh, they emphasize uh, improvisation and uh, not not coming to the stage
0: prepared with really m- material or jokes. Yeah. I mean that's the whole country of Nigeria, and it's not like like you can prepare kind of like mentally, kind of like map it out, but. No one like writes their jokes down on a piece of paper, and you definitely don't hire writers. Like if you hire a writer, like a comedy writer, like if you're a comedy writer in Nigeria, you starve because everyone writes their own shit, delivers their own shit for the most part. Although now it's starting to change, but this was like 14 years ago, so you know.
1: Would you um? So if a joke worked that you improvised, would you then keep it and say it again at another show, or they expect you to be improvise a whole new
0: act? It depends. It depends. So if it blew up, if it blew up, and this was before the internet, like if it blew up, we used to have like these comedy CDs and albums of like popular shows like night, we used to have a show called The Night of a Thousand Laughs. So yeah. So that, like that show will be recorded because it was one of the big shows. It was like Showtime at the Apollo or whatever. And, when that show is recorded, the CDs used to sell like crazy, the DVDs. So once that sells and they see all your jokes, obviously, if you go to a different state or a different town and tell the same joke, they'll be like, we've heard that one. Like, say another joke. You know, that kind of thing. So and ah. Nigerian crowds are merciless especially like southern Nigeria like Benin City where it's like it's like it's it's, it's something else you have to have thick skin like really wow thin. what a tough situation man I, yeah. you know I, which, is, could- which is one of the reasons why I respect Trevor Noah to be honest because before Trevor Noah got on the daily show he started doing a lot of shows in Nigeria like he's South African but like a year before he got on the daily show he was doing a couple of shows in Nigeria and he was like Killing it. It was really growing as a brand in Nigeria. And, you know, this song that's not Nigeria now, we don't usually as- accept non-Nigerian comedians. It's difficult to break in to that scene. So, yeah, I respect that speaking English-speaking comedy shows is predominantly what's going on. Yes. Uh, English mixed with some people. So there are different genres. Mostly English, a lot of people mix it with something called pidgin English, which is kind of like a local modification of English that a lot of Nigerians speak and some people also use different indigenous languages but mostly English for the most part. Wow, so I could do jokes there. Oh yeah, you want to? I have yeah. some connects, man. <laughs> you got some go. connects? Oh my God, I imagine going connects. to Nigeria I'm... to do shows. After oh.
1: COVID, man, let's go, let's go. Like... <laughs> oh, I would love that challenge. That would be so fun. Okay, oh my goodness!
0: Oh, okay. keep in touch. We'll see what. Oh, happens.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got a contact in South Africa as well. I could go there while I'm there. I could do a nice. show there as well. That's oh you- wow, that would be yeah. so exciting! Because I've done December. some. I've, I've done some places, man.
0: I did Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, and I want to talk about that. Like, how do you even like? First and foremost, like you went to a ton of countries, which is impressive like as an American comedian you went to like Japan, Malaysia, Taiwan, Singapore. I'm not exactly sure if you performed in all those cities, but the beauty of it is that you were there just as covid was becoming a thing so you were in i guess malaysia in the middle of january and you ended up spending seven weeks in the whole of asia as countries were starting to like take covid more seriously and some of them were like shutting their borders and things like what yes is, what made you decide to go to asia like were you invited like how was the whole thing like
1: well um my girlfriend lives in singapore And so I was, we planned a trip. I was going to go visit her. And while I was there, I was going to see some places I've never seen before. Cause I had been to Singapore another time. Uh, and I had done comedy there as well, but then I discovered, Hey, you could do comedy in other places that are near there. Why not? Why not go to Malaysia? And why not, uh, you know, why not take a flight to Taiwan and, and actually, and I've always wanted to go to Japan. So why not go to Japan as well? And why not do comedy in these places? So I did some research. I, I have a comedian friend who's performed in Malaysia before and uh, in Hong Kong. And he's, yeah, he's performed around Asia before. He had some contacts for me. And then uh, I took those contacts and then I built off those and I used them to be introduced to other comedy venues in other countries in Asia. And I managed to get some gigs before I even flew out of Los Angeles. And then, and so... Yeah, I had a scheduled already. I had a headlining a weekend in Taiwan, a weekend in Malaysia. I was doing um, two weeks of shows in Singapore. Uh, and then I had two cities in Japan as well, uh, Osaka and, and Tokyo, which those two cities have have English speaking comedy shows, which was surprising. But they're out there, man. They're everywhere. You can find English speaking comedy shows in uh, crazy places Uh Kathmandu, for instance, has a uh, you know a, a comedy show in English. Isn't that crazy? Kathmandu so yeah, in Nepal. Yeah, you could do Nepal. And in fact, I met the guy who books it. So he he offered. He said, "If you ever want to do it, let me know." It's tough. I said, "Oh, I'll bet it is." But yeah, it's it's on my bucket list for sure. I would love to do that. Uh, comedy has been taking me to some cool places. So yeah, I booked him ahead of time, and then went over there. And I you know this was I had this trip booked months in advance. Yeah, I had it all planned out. I didn't. I didn't know COVID was going to be a thing. Uh, you know, it, it happened. And of course, it was in China first. And I, so then I flew to Singapore on January 19th. And then shortly after I arrived, Singapore had its first case. And then they they, you know, they asked the citizens to please start wearing masks and, you know, kind of. Be, be careful. And so that was beginning right when I arrived. It was but Chinese. the clubs
0: were still open
1: and everything. So the clubs were still open in the beginning of that. Yes. Yes. That was the end of January. They were open in Singapore through the beginning of February. Then, then mid-February, shut down for a bit. Yeah. When I left... To go to Japan, which was the end of February, uh, the shows and pretty much everything had been shut down in, in Singapore by then. It took a little time, but it, it did, did happen. It,
0: did it affect any of your gigs, though, or you had already done your shows at that time? It affected,
1: yeah. I lost, what, four shows in Singapore and I lost
0: a show, uh, two shows in Tokyo. Um, yes. and, and how was the crowd? Like, you know, I, I don't know if you watched like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel on. on- a little Prime. bit, and, uh, I'm familiar. Yeah, and and there's this, you know, she's a, like a Jewish comedian and in, in what, like the 50s or something. And then yeah. the time she traveled to France and she was trying to perform there, but it was just a whole totally different audience. Like her her jokes weren't hitting and things like that. And you know, I think one of Kevin Hart's guys has said this before. Like he he went abroad and he was talking about Chick Fil A, not knowing that Chick Fil A was you know a, a chain only. Uh, familiar with like Americans because it's a chain, I think, mostly in America. Like, did you have any of that? Like, the weirdness of the room? How did you work? How did you prepare your set? Uh, okay, we can let's nerd out a
1: little bit on uh, a, a comedian's approach to another country. So, uh, I knew they, I knew ahead of time they weren't going to get a lot of my references. I do a joke about jury duty. They don't have jury duty in Asia, right? That's not a thing. Um, you know, I do a joke about amber alerts. Uh, you know, I, I do some, I do some very American specific jokes, but then I do a joke about Instagram, pretty universal. I thought I could probably do that one over there. I do a joke about having a nut allergy, pretty universal, although most nut allergy cases seem to be in my country, but other people have heard of it at least. Uh, I do a joke about being short. My jokes are long, by the way, my jokes are all seven minutes long, 10 minutes long. Really? Chappelle style, huh? I beat the shit out of a subject when I, when I get it, I just take it and I hit it from this side, this side, this side. I want to squeeze everything I can out and of it. And then the punchline at the end kind of. Thing. No, the punchlines throughout, you can't go seven minutes without a punchline. So I'll give you, I'll give you all the way. And then, but I'll hopefully the biggest ones at the end, the biggest, the, the funniest part of it is built up to, to happen at the end. Usually it works that way. I try to craft them to work that way. It takes a long time to get there. But uh yeah, I like to beat the crap out of a subject, you know, talk a lot of come from all angles. So my jokes are long. So so although I maybe I got four long jokes that pretty universal that can work. Um but some of these shows I had to do 45 minutes. So I got I I need more material material than that. So I was fortunate in that I was going to be spending a lot of time in Singapore when I arrived. Um a couple of weeks straight there before I went off to any other country to do shows. I I I had some shows scheduled, but I reached out to the, you know, the local venue there. And I said, I, you know, I got some shows scheduled, but I I would love to be on. If you have any other uh, openings for me, I, no pay. I just want to work out some new jokes. In fact, I'll even come to the open mic as well. So I went to the open mics and I wanted to work out some new material. And it was all about my impression of Asia being an American. I was writing all these jokes about what, how I was experiencing, how, how people were experiencing me, how the, the strange, what I thought was strange lifestyles, lifestyles, strange cultures, strange behaviors, strange rules, weird laws, you know, Singapore has a lot of very strict laws and some of them are very strange, you know, uh, so I was kind of playing with these ideas and I, you know, I wrote new material about uh, an American guy being in Asia and I had about 10 to 15 minutes worth of this material that I wrote really quickly. Um, Just you one know, joke? I, B- many different jokes. I probably had okay. about. I wrote about seven, probably seven, eight
0: jokes. No, um, but one one joke was fifteen minutes.
1: No, 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 no. Okay, these jokes were shorter because I didn't really have time to flush everything out. You know, I knew I, I knew I wasn't going to have that amount of. I knew I wouldn't have time to really work out crazy amounts of time, um, like I can in the states because I can get on stage and over the months, months and months, I can work on one bit. You know, I can work on that for for months to build it up. But here, I didn't have a lot of time, so I would just do take a take a subject and then talk about it a little bit, but then go on to some other observation. And you know, I had about the the point was I was trying as many things as I could because I wasn't sure what was going to work and what wasn't. So I had a bunch of ideas, and a few of them worked, and I kept them, and I tried to add a few more. And I had you know, I had a, a few bits, ten minutes or twelve minutes of new material about a, a, an American guy traveling in Asia, my impression, uh, and and that stuff seemed to be working. So I just used that um, and I added my other jokes on top of that. And so I kind of created a little mixture of uh, you know some of my old stuff that worked and some of the new stuff that I wrote in Asia. And those jokes I wrote about Asia when I was in Singapore, they worked in Malaysia and they worked in Taiwan and they worked in in Japan as, as well. They seemed to, you know, I I had some pretty good ideas about and pretty... I don't know. I thought they were unique observations about Asia. So it it happened to work. And I mean, not everybody can do this. I've had the, I have the experience of doing this for 14 years. So I know how to write, I know how to write a joke real quick. And I have, and I have, I don't have any fear. I'll try anything on stage. So even I know it's, I know there's a chance it's not going to work, but I I still will try. So
0: I was, it's funny to hear I'm sorry to cut you short. Like, it's funny to hear you talk like this because, like I said, I respect the art form of comedy, having been someone who's been a fan for such a long time and even tried comedy at one point in time. Like, I listen to a lot of Andrew Schultz, uh, that's a comedian out of New York, and he talks about comedy being like boxing. Like a lot of people just watch boxing and fail to see the skill involved and the, and the you know, just the skill and the tactics involved in like a boxing or like a comedy set. But just the way you're explaining it, like it's so fascinating to see, like, what are some of the ways that you use as a comedian to like stretch it out? Like if you have like 45 minutes of time, you're like, a lot of people come on stage and they, they like play music for the first five minutes and they, 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 they ask everyone like a hundred times, Boston, what's up? I can't hear you, Boston. What's <laughs> up? And it's like ten minutes gone, and they say I was just in Singapore, man. Singapore. It's like, <laughs> and then it's <laughs> over. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't
1: know. Wow, no, sir. I can tell that you've watched a lot of live comedy. I'm uh, a fan, man. I'm a fan. Yeah, you you nailed it. There is a lot of that. You can tell when someone's really stretching like that. And my, I mean, I would never do that. In my opinion, there's just no need. By the way, that's not fun to me. It's a fun challenge. Okay, I'm in Singapore. I notice there's so there's such little crime in Singapore, hardly any at all. There's such little crime in Singapore that sometimes on a street corner they'll they'll put a bill, a small billboard, a small sign that'll that'll warn you that a crime occurred here sometime in the past. Like, What's hey, everybody, for?
0: like, what it'll, it'll is, be is like a tourist attraction or something.
1: It's I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's it's the police, if it's a crime deterrent or if it's supposed to make people feel safe, but it'll say on this spot. In 2017, you know, uh, a, a person was mugged
0: and Interesting. You know, it, it'll if, say if that, that happened in the US. let just paint the whole sky. Like, yeah, yes, man. Th-
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> this is what I said. That was part of the joke. I'm like, you could never have in LA in LA just in one weekend. It just be signed. You just, everywhere you look at goddamn sign. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, but that's so exciting to me. Right. So I'm over there like, and I'm trying to think of myself, like, what is, what, how do I make how do I make people see what I see? You know, I see this billboard that talks about a crime that happened to me. It's hilarious. Why would you put a fucking sign? This is the world I'm in. And and my world is so much different than that. You know, in my world, you know, more crime happens in one week than happens in Singapore in a year, you know? So I, how, that's funny. There's something there, you know? So the challenge to me and what's fun to me as a comedian is to uh, get other people to sort of see my idea what I think is funny. Hey guys, look at this. This isn't this silly. Isn't this weird? Isn't this, isn't this weird and funny? And to get them to see what I see, to see it through my eyes by telling a story or by giving some, you know, setup, uh, you know? Um, and, and, and so to me, that's the thrill and it's a challenge. And when I'm in a new country, it's all, it's like, I got a whole new palette to paint on. That's exciting for me. I don't understand the comics that, would just waste time up there do you, and, and do you, do you would you try this.
0: Do you deliberately go out there? Like when you're in a new environment, like a new city or a new country, do you, delib- are you deliberately on the lookout for new material? Or you just yeah. kind of like live your life and you just funny things happen. No, just, oh, no. I'm,
1: good. I'm on the lookout for new material. I'm I'm on the lookout for something new. I can say, you know, if I arrive in your town three hours before the show, I want to say something. I don't want to,
0: I want an icebreaker that has to do with me coming to you. I I want to say something. Man, you should go to Nigeria. I think you have like a year's worth of material. You spend like December in Nigeria. Yeah, I mean,
1: so if I was to do a show in Nigeria, I'd want to spend a few days before the show to kind of get acclimated and, and to pick out some experiences that I could share and some observations. To me, that's the real thrill is is doing that is
0: that's part of the craft. Um, you know what? I can't, I can't relate to what you're saying because there are a lot of interviews that like even like this interview or like other interviews I've done like for podcasting. and I know I have to feel like an hour or sometimes more like 90 minutes worth of conversation. But the only thing I know about the person is that is from this place has been to this place. And maybe the person is working in this, or is at this. That's all. Like, and I have to like kind of like stretch out that conversation, and look for pocket within the conversation to like embellish and you know build on and you know things like that, just to fill out that one hour you know conversation. Obviously, it's harder with a live crowd being a comedian, but you know just related related to, to to what I do. Would you say that's like the the similar or like the same thing?
1: I would say there's some similarities for sure. Uh, it's It's a little easier to do the interview style because while you're setting up this scenario and letting them speak, uh, you can actually comb through your head while they're talking and, uh, and kind of think about, well, where, where can I go with this? Or he said something, let me get, let me, let me remember to go back on that point. What can I ask next? You kind of have a, because it's such a give and take, you have time to do that, um, while the other person's answering a question or talking or, or whatever. It makes it a little bit easier. When I'm on stage all alone, I don't have that kind of time. I can't sit, like the audience does, there is a dialogue. I say, you know, the comedian speaks, the audience does respond, but the audience doesn't laugh for 10 minutes and I can sit back and go, oh, let me think of what else. What else can I do? Oh, a lot of a lot of people wearing tank tops here, I noticed. Okay, let me talk about that. Well, there's a lot of pretty ladies. I could talk about that. Oh, it smells weird in here. Maybe I'll talk about that. Like, I don't have time to, I don't have the luxury of sitting there while someone else talks and think about what can I say next,
0: because I'm just all alone. That's, that would be a major difference, I would say. Uh, You know what, that that makes sense. And you know, while we're still on the the subject, maybe I can have, maybe I I can have some of my nerd questions answered. How, what's the formula, like how are comedians paid? So from what I understand from a fan perspective, like a lot of ways comedians are paid where like, um, I don't know, crafted by what, what's her name? Um, Miss Shore in the comedy store in Mitzi LA. Shore. Mitzi Shore, you know, R.I.P. Sure. Like, like what's the thing? Like when you go, like you said, okay, a comedian pays 20, 25 bucks, 40 bucks, and this is specific to the US at the door. Most comedy stores' rooms can hold what a hundred people. So that's like four grand. At the, the, does a comedian do all the comedians that go on stage at night share? That revenue, what's the, like, how do stores operate, like, in the revenue, like, if you can uh, share, Do you mean uh, comedy clubs that. or the comedy store particularly? Uh, comedy clubs in general, like, and each one can be different, but I, I can imagine, like, from a comedian's perspective, there's sort of, like, an agreement on you know, lingo you guys yeah. use, like, okay, this is how much I get, if I'm the bigger act, you know, if I'm the opener, I don't get anything, I get a percentage of the drinks, like, what's, what's the deal?
1: It's so complicated, there's no single answer to this, you'll find various rules, various pay scales, depending on where you go in Los Angeles and in New York city, in major cities at the clubs, uh, the comedians are doing short sets, uh, 10 minutes, 15, minutes? 15 minutes, uh, maybe 20 and you're getting 40 bucks, 30 bucks. You're getting hardly any money at all for those sets. That's why a lot of comics in the major comedy cities, you know, New York and LA predominantly, they'll do multiple shows a night if they can. Oh, I'll do a set. I'll do a spot over here at uh, Stand Up New York. Then I'm going over to the comedy cellar and then I'm going to New York comedy club. And I got three spots, 40, 50 bucks each, bam, bam, bam. And they made a little bit of money. Um, that's what you get in the major cities. If you go to a comedy club, though, like say in Minneapolis, they're going to have a comedy club. They're going to have weekend shows. That's different. That weekend show, Friday night, Saturday, that's a headliner. Headliner, somebody from the country, whatever. Maybe it's Carlos Mencia or whoever. Or it's, uh, uh, you know, any of the, maybe, yeah, is he getting booked? I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe you got Todd Barry coming. Everybody, I don't know if everybody knows Todd Barry, but Todd Barry's a fantastic New York comic. Maybe he's headlining. And, and, uh, he's going to do time. This is uh, on these clubs. You don't do 15 minutes, 10 minutes. These are, these are, these are clubs that they put on your typical classical comedy show with a host that opens the show. Then a middle act, also known as a feature act. And then a headliner, the host will do 12 minutes up front, bring on the feature act. The feature act is 2025. 20, the host comes on again. Hey. And then the host brings up Maybe the host does five minutes again, but probably not necessary. Bring on the headliner. The, head, the headliner does 45 minutes. If there's no show afterward, the headliner might go an hour, maybe an hour 10 or 20, depending on if the host, if the, if the headliner's feeling it. You know, Dave Chappelle's been known to do two hours if he's feeling, if he's having a good time. So you don't know what you're going to get, but those, those pay a lot more. You know, your headliner in, 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 a, in a club in Minneapolis, who knows? Maybe the headliner is getting 400 a show. Maybe they're getting 2000 for the weekend. Uh, the feature act much less, you know, hundred one one fifty maybe to feature. The host is getting fifty bucks and in, in a in a in a plate of noodles, <laughs> like or you know. So that's what's going on. Uh, in those scenarios, really only the headliner makes money. It's tough to make any money as a feature uh, or a host. So, which is why a lot of times in in a club in a scenario like that, the feature act will be they they'll get somebody local because wh- wh- I'm not gonna. F- by the time I play, pay for my plane ticket to go to Minneapolis, and then I do f- five, four shows at one hundred fifty dollars a show. Now I got to pay for my hotel room. As a feature, a middle guy, you just don't make the money to really uh, to, to really pay the bills. You really got to be a headliner. Now those that, are com- those sense. are clubs. Those are clubs, and a lot of headlining comics. They look at clubs. They're like this. I, I haven't made it. If I'm still doing clubs, you know, to them that's not making it. They want to do theaters. They want to do theaters they want to say a thousand people 1500 people now now you're not making 450 a show 400 a show 500 well, a, a show theater
0: now. a theater definitely can be every weekend so is that when the comedy tour comes into play like when you say you're touring well um, sure, sure i mean i mean so yes yeah, so and then there's only a few people not
1: everybody can do theaters this is your jim gaffigan's this is, this is your, uh, you know, Sebastian Maniscalco. I love Sebastian Maniscalco, your Bill Burrs. They do theaters. Joe Rogan does theaters, you know, but Joe Rogan might sprinkle some comedy clubs in there. They might do that a little bit, but for the most part, those don't seat enough people for them. They don't even a comedy club, 400 seat comedy club. It's pretty good size. That's still not enough for Sebastian.
0: That's still not enough for Gaffigan. Are the clubs really profitable? Like who's like eating? Like, are, are Is it the comedians or the club owners? Like. If you I have don't like know what three four hundred seat clubs with the food. You have staff, like I don't know. You think they're they're making some money? I
1: you know I imagine they do you know. But these club owners they cry poor a lot of them, and that's why the <laughs> that's why the comedians are paid so low at a lot of these places. Oh, wait, because... we have
0: comedians, we have former comedians and current comedians who own clubs now. Like they've made it. Now sure. they Own a couple of clubs. Like, are they doing the same thing, or they are, like changing the game? In the way. i don't know
1: i i really i i don't know what goes on behind the scenes as far as the books go the bottom lines i don't I'm not privy to this information i'm not at all uh I wish I was it appears to me that there's a lot of drink sales going on i you know uh enough so where some clubs can give out free tickets so that happens you know in fact the best comedy club in in the, in the world, in my opinion, the comedy seller used to give out free tickets. I don't know if you can still do this, but you could go to their website and you could print out a free ticket, not for the weekend shows, but for you know Monday through Thursday, you could get a free ticket. You just had to buy two, two drink minimum. Um uh, they're making so much money off the booze, you know. I don't know if you know what that
0: makes sense cuz I live in Denver and we have a lot of breweries in Denver. A couple of breweries like have comedy shows out back and people just use great. that to, you know, go to that brewery. That okay, there are different breweries, but this one has a comedy show. Let's go to that one. Yeah, and they have drinks and, you know.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's a way of uh, selling selling drinks. I mean, you'll hear this you hear you you'll hear comedians say this at the end of the day, we're just trying to sell drinks here, man. That's this is just a this is just a glorified bar at the end of the day, is what's happening. You know, so and what, we-
0: what's the end goal for a comedian? What's that payday? Like does does everyone want to go to Hollywood like Kevin Hart and that's where the big money is, like feature films, or is the model or is different for everyone? Like yeah, when, but- when do when the comedians stop buying houses like Russell, what's his name? Russell Peters. Russell Peters and things like that. I don't know. Uh,
1: my buddy was just at russell peters house and was telling me how crazy the scene was over there uh yeah that's the lifestyle that some of them get very few very few russell peters is an internationally known comic he can sell out in most of the continents which is very rare and that's why there's you know eight bentleys in his driveway or whatever the hell uh every comedian gets into this with a different goal i think uh some of us just like to tell jokes some of some comedians want to be writers on on shows. The writer gets you know that's a good paying job uh some some comedians want to be actors they want to be series regulars on network shows like a sitcom or something which pays very very well at network sitcoms some Some comics want a successful podcast uh they have no interest in working with others, really. They don't want to be in a writer's room. They don't want to be on camera working with other actors. They're like, I forget that. I just like to talk into a microphone. I want to make money doing that. And then you got people that are, you know, and they pay their bills that way. Theo Vaughn probably does very well with his podcast. Uh, and you mentioned Andrew Schultz. I'm sure he, he makes a fine living with his podcast, probably mm-hmm. more so than his stand-up. Uh, there, so there are comics that, do, I mean, we all know Joe Rogan. So, you know, the kind of money that he makes. So there's, that's also a new, that's something new but so that's a path as well. Uh, there's so many, there's so many avenues of entertainment that you can get into as a comedian. Um, you know, so I, I, I think the menu is vast and everybody has their own, their own goals. Um, yeah. Got it. Some,
0: and then there's the purists, man. You know, some people just want to tell jokes, man. And you, you can know, do that forever. Like comedy is not like being an athlete that you have to retire after like 35. You can keep doing comedy till you're what? I don't know, like 60s? Yeah, sure. Something.
1: I mean, the last time I was at the Laugh Factory, before it all closed down, I was sat and had a nice conversation with a comedy legend named Dom Arrera. Mm. Um, and you know, this guy is is really up there, man. And he's still doing it. He's still doing it. It's un- unbelievable to me he's got to be in his seventies, I imagine, and he's still getting up on and he's funny, he's still funny, and he's still relevant. I mean you can go on and on with this uh, it's yeah. not like it's not like uh, roofing where you gotta just there comes a point where your body breaks down and you're like, no more roofing this is this is something I could do until i'm in, I'm probably eighty
0: yep, yep, and I apologize to the listener that we've been nerding about this over the last few minutes, like this is just something I'm interested in, so like you know. Forgive me if I'm using the podcast to, to do this. Speaking about podcasts, you have a podcast. Let's talk about your podcast. Like, first things first, it's pretty impressive that you put out a new episode every week, uh, every day. Cause I do a weekly podcast and I know how difficult it can get. Like, you know, knock on wood. I haven't missed an episode in like 87, 88 weeks just yet. But I know how freaking hard it is, especially like having different guests on. Like, what made you? Want to do a podcast, and we'll get into the theme of your podcast. Um, uh, obviously, a lot of comedians were drawn to podcasts like ten years yeah. ago when they started popping up, that kind of thing. But a daily podcast—that's that, pretty intense. Does it run from Mondays to Sundays? And oh, no, I, I do five.
1: I, I do. It started out as seven days a week, but I'm now five days a week, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, it started out seven days a week because I was hired to do it by oh, a pod, really? a podcast company. They uh, they were a hosting company, and they had they wanted some talent to be using their their product, so they hired a few of us to do daily shows. Somebody the same
0: show or a different one?
1: Different shows. So they had somebody doing daily sports, daily entertainment news, daily finance news, daily tech news. Uh, you know, they had a I think they had a daily nutrition sh- or health show. They had all these daily shows. They paid us to do it seven days a week. They gave me like a $1, 1200 dollars a month to do this, uh, and I was doing it as a side gig while I did comedy and acting and all this, it was perfect. Mm. I would work for an hour a day, put out this little show for them, uh, seven days a week. I did weird news, weird news. It was all weird news from around the world. Imagine weird stories, Uh, even stories from Nigeria, weird stuff, man. Um, so yeah, I was doing that. And then about an eight, the eight months in, they were like, okay guys, we're done. We have, uh, our product has been, Sufficiently used. We have some celebrities using it, and we don't really need you anymore. Your talent to keep doing these shows. We're not going to pay you. We appreciate you helping us launch this, and uh, it seems to be oh, so. Successful. Is that a
0: marketing ploy for our product. I
1: suppose so. They wanted some good content on there. They wanted uh, professionally hosted content, and so uh, it was me and about ten other people doing these shows seven days a week. Uh, and then when it all it all went away. They they said no we can't pay it didn't all go away they said we cannot pay you but if you'd like to continue to do your show it's all yours we will continue oh, to market your sh- okay. we will market your show as well uh, we'll feature it on our app and on our website it's still as we have been that you know our shows were featured on the app that was nice uh, and you could just run with it if you want it's all yours do what you will with it and I I just des- I, you know I decided ah I got a, I had a following I built a following I was very I was funny. And, and, and it was, every day was a good episode. And, and people were really loving my show probably the most of any of the shows. Mm. Uh, I was getting people calling in, emailing me. Like I had real fans over those seven, eight months. Nice. And I thought, w- why let this go? You know, why not? I got something here. It's landed in my lap. Although I'm not being paid to do this anymore. Uh, it's probably helpful to have a podcast as a comedian. I'm, a lot of my comedian coworkers have a podcast. Maybe this is just mine and I'll just continue to do it. And so I, I just start, continued to do it. I, I didn't stop. I just switched from seven days to five days. That's all. And yeah, just and kept the it up. Theme.
0: And the theme, you continued with the theme. Did you change the name or was it always Weird AF News? It's always been
1: Weird AF News, which was the name that, I, the name that we both me and the company came up with. We both, you know, I pitched a few names, they liked it, and, and we went with that one. Um, and I've kept it. And And they designed the logo as well, and I've kept the logo. Um, I haven't changed that at all. Yeah, I've, changed, pretty- I've changed, I've changed, I made some small changes with the show, but I basically kept it. You know, when you do weird news, it, it never, the stories never end. The content yep. is limitless yep, and never yep, ending. Infinity yep. amount of weird news. Every day, I I can go online.
0: Like I grew up growing up in Nigeria. A bunch of Nigerian newspapers did this as well. They had like pages for weird news, where you see like a goat being arrested, or like you know stuff like that. And it was just entertaining. And you do it on the Daily Bell. Like wow, like why didn't I think of? It's like a, a daily yeah. weird news kind of thing, and it's so funny. Like, but it must involve a lot of research because it's a daily show that you have writers. How do you source your stuff on a?
1: Oh, I do it all my all myself, with the exception of I am uh, emailed and sent articles from listeners. Sometimes mm. I probably get a couple a day from listeners, and so I, they're they're constantly coming in with stories. But I I have um, I have about five different websites that are very reliable that I go to. Every two, I would say I check in every two days or so. um, Cause the stories kind of, they don't change that often. They kind of make, maybe a couple new ones will be added each day. So I just need to check on Sunday night. Sunday I'll check and I'll find a bunch of stories. Like I won't look at it all weekend. Then Sunday night I'll pick like, I'll find like 25 stories. I'll save them. And then I, so on Monday I'll have 20, 25 stories to choose from. And I just pick three. Mm. I only do three a day. And then I probably have enough for Tuesday as well. And then, you know, Tuesday night though, Wednesday morning early, I'm looking again, anything new, anything kind of weird that maybe I like something more than what I already have. I'll probably find 10, a dozen more, save them as well. Go through the process again, pick the three that I like. And I'll do that all the way to the end of the week. And on Friday, I only do weird news from Florida. So- (laughs) Ah, ah, The Florida man on Fridays. (laughs) It's Florida man Fridays. Yeah, it's all Florida-
0: on Friday, oh, baby God. and you know so <laughs> that, during the that, week probably that's probably enough material for the week to be honest it's, yeah, you it. could do you could do Florida every day, yeah well,
1: you know, so during the week I'll, as I'm looking through all the stories I'll, I'll uh, surely there'll be some Florida stories, and I'll put a star on those ones and I'll save them for Friday, mm. but then I have a couple separate other Florida specific websites that I go to just to see hey, is there any strange Florida news that I need that I might want to include, and lately I've been doing four stories on Fridays for Florida a lot stories.
0: A of, lot of material.
1: Did you? Yeah. It's because there's and and, it, and it's the most popular episode. I get twice as many downloads on the Florida Friday episodes than any other during the week. It, people love it. They love Florida
0: stories, degenerate Florida stories. <laughs> nice. Nice. Do you edit it yourself? Because it actually sounds like a news show, like, but it's like comedic. You know, do you do all the editing as well?
1: Well, so there's no editing really. Very little editing is done at all. Oh, wow. um, you're not going to believe this, but I record it on my phone. What? I record the show on my phone. Um, I use I use a very good podcast creation app that uh, once when you record. S- you can I'll record segments. So I'll record the first story, second story, third story. They save it in three files. I'll record an intro, I'll record an outro. And then the, the application in my phone allows me to insert uh like some sound effects as transitions. Like I can insert
0: transitions between wait, wait, the tracks. Wait, 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 wait. So you, this, like before you bought this mic, you were just using your phone. Did you connect the mic to your phone or you just spoke into your phone's mic or something?
1: In the beginning, when I first did it for the company, uh, I just spoke into the phone. And then I, uh, but then, I, I realized I had to really think about the quality of my show once it was mine I really wanted to make sure I did the best job i could because I had to kind of start from scratch and i was you know I wanted I wanted to, to take the show to a new level I wanted to try and make some money with it too so i I knew I had to be as professional as possible so I have a, a, a microphone that works very very well with my phone specifically like it's really great it's not the mo- the greatest sound ever like if i actually use studio equipment but it's very good on the phone, and for five days a week, it's good enough. It's good enough for me. It allows me to do it quick, and that's important because if I'm doing it every day, really, I want it to be quick. I don't want to spend two and a half hours on it because mm. then I'll then I won't do it five days a week. I won't. I'll cut down. I know I will because I I don't I won't want to do that amount of time. I can spend an hour a day. It's no problem. It's like going to the gym. I'll do an hour, but anything more than that's going to feel like too much work. Too much
0: so, work. The, how long have the, you been doing the podcast now?
1: So. uh... It was it was three years in June and wow. of June. Yeah, wow. I, I hit I just hit 800 episodes every like single day. Two episodes ago was 800 episodes, and I just hit a million downloads over the weekend. Wow! Congratulations,
0: man! Like as a thank fellow, you very much fellow podcaster myself. Like I hope to be like you when I grow up, man. <laughs>
1: <What's the name laughs> what Are, are you kidding me? <laughs> You've done eight. You got you got almost 100 episodes in the bank, yeah, don't you? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Episodes talking
1: <laughs> every single <Yeah>. day. <laughs> Every single, I mean, we can't all do every single day. It's yeah, kind of crazy. What I'm doing no, is exactly. pretty crazy. I have to say, it, it, it is, is crazy, it and I'm uh, impressive too. I ask myself all the time, why am I doing this every day? I don't need to do this every day, um, but I just feel like I got, I like, I owe it to my listeners. Now they're listening to my show as though it's part of their daily news routine. Mm-hmm. So they're listening to see whether they li- they got CNN or Fox. NPR.
0: And I'm sure you're and, under the news category, right? And I'm under the news category. So
1: and so people are, you know, people are loading up their smart speakers and their Google Home and, and Alexa. They're 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 setting up their news briefs and they're including my show in it. Their daily news. I'm part of people's daily news you know? So like, I kind of feel obligated to do this five days a week and continue it because I'm part of so many people's daily news. Not a crazy amount of people. I don't have 10,000 regular listeners, but I have over a thousand people that listen to me every single day. That's and on Friday you, need, you know, 3, on Friday, you know, 3,000 people listen on Friday.
0: A thousand loyal listeners. That's it.
1: So I, I feel like because I'm part of their day, it's it's something different. It's a special thing. And I I I kind of feel obligated to do it five days a week to give them that fix that they need because no doubt they're listening to me as part of a routine. They're driving to mm-hmm. work and they're listening to me. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're answering, they're checking their emails and they're listening to me, mm-hmm. whatever. They babe, they're they babysitting the kid and they're listening to me. They're cooking breakfast and they're listening to me. They're eating dinner, they're listening to me. I'm part of people's routine because it's five days a week. So I got to keep that,
0: I got to keep following through with that. Wow, and what's the name of the app before I forget? Uh, that you use oh, to record? Oh, Anch- Anchor. Oh, it's Anchor. Oh, f- yeah, you it's like an a, anchor. a paid Anchor member is just a free version? Uh,
1: there isn't a paid version that I know of. It's a free... I thought there it's was a like f- a
0: premium um, or something.
1: It, oh, I don't... I don't. If there is, I don't know about it. I've been on a free version the whole time. Three years I've been using this app. I like, I like that uh, their phone recording, the actual app in the phone to record is really great. It's rich. It does have editing, sophisticated editing software in it. If you want to edit your 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 chunk is perfect as you I don't do that at all I don't I record and I have there's a pause button I use a pause button in the recording app and unfortunately the pause button on the anchor app is only available in the Android version not the iPhone version but although I'm now I have an iPhone a new iPhone that I use I've kept my old Android phone just to record the anchor episodes because it's so helpful to pause while I'm doing a story and gather my thoughts and then re and then re-record again so in a way i edit as i go that way i don't have to sit in front of an editing program afterward and then re-edit each clip and take out everything and you know take out all the pauses i just do it as i go because i really got i'm doing 5 shows a week i don't have time for that shit man i can't be sitting in front of an editing booth i just can't there's too much time so i do minimal editing and i improv a lot a lot i read the article a lot of times i don't even read it before I do it, I'll just start reading and I'll hit record and I'll start reading. And sometimes it's just magical and it comes out. Some A lot of times I have to stop and start over. But a lot of times I can just bang it out. You know, of course, I'll pause a few times to get a, to get my thoughts together because I, I don't, not only do, of course, in case people are thinking, like, what is this weird news podcast? You're just reading weird news articles. Yeah, I find weird news articles. I read them, but I also give my take on them. I give my my impression on it. I try to make a joke out of it. I try to maybe... Share a personal anecdote if if uh, something in the story relates to me in my past. Maybe I have an experience like this. Um, I'll do I'll do impressions of the people in the in the story. I will do accents for the quotes. If someone might they might quote somebody with a German accent, and I'll and I'll just say, Oh yes, that time I was running through the woods. I'll never forget <laughs> it. It was like it was yesterday, And so, I then then I was struck in the face. By, by, by a baseball bat. That was very strange in the woods. You know, I'll try and act out the voices. I probably just did a terrible version of that here, and no one's going to listen. But you get the idea. I'll, I'll, I'll do voices for the characters that are being quoted in the story. I try and give it some flavor. Like it's like I say, it's it's as. As though a comedian is delivering you weird news. How would I do it? How would I embellish it and make it funny? And I've just rambled on way too much about that. But I think you get. No, to I just mean, a bit. yeah,
0: I mean, that's pretty impressive. I listened to it to episode just to you know prepare for this interview. I'm like, who the have thunk at that on your phone? Like, just pressing record. Like, oh, see, and you're and you're a pro, so you uh, and and if you if you
1: think it the quality is acceptable, then it's and then it's clearly is it's pretty good. Then I think it's good enough. This is the way I've been doing it. I have another. I can use GarageBand and do it on my laptop. Laptop. i've done that before and then i've edited on the software i've done that it takes a little more time but you know you'd be surprised what you can do on your phone man you you really can in fact i could plug in t- i could i could get an adapter and put two microphones through my through that and then i could interview somebody and do the sort of podcast that you do mm. on my phone yeah. as well True. um on mine i don't have guests it's just me just me giving the news, but if I needed to have a guest, I could get a small adapter and and absolutely through your phone. So for those of you who are listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I need all this equipment to do a podcast. No, you don't. You don't. You can do it on your phone. Do you have an idea? You can shoot it on your phone. You can record it on your phone. Don't let technology hold you back. Technology is opening doors for us. Our smartphones are capable of generating so much content. You have no idea. You don't have to go buy a $100, a $200 microphone and you don't sure. need a laptop You can create a podcast just on your phone. With the tools that are out there,
0: and for free, by the way, for free. True. I agreed. 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 And you give out your phone number as well. Like you share a couple of phone calls on your on your podcast. Yeah. So is that your real phone number? It's like a Google number kind of thing.
1: It's a Google number, of course. I, I couldn't give out my new phone number, but I think that's part of the fun too, is to give out uh, give away for the people that to, to respond to you. So I give out my email address. It's my real email address. I give out the phone number and and all my social media. I encourage people to call the show, and then I publish a lot of the phone calls on the next episode. Like at the end of the episode, after I do my outro, you'll hear, some. you'll often hear some phone calls from some of the listeners and they have an opinion on one of the stories that I did yesterday or the day before, you know, that happens, that happens a lot. In fact, sometimes just between you and me uh, and everybody else who's listening, I will choose a weird story. I'd like to choose at least one a day that is somewhat controversial, that could generate a discussion that, that way. When I ask people to call in, there's something there to chew on. You know, I I hope that I've chosen something that people will have an opinion on. Like I, you know, I just did a story where you know you can you can have your lover's image as a head on a sex doll. or, yep, or uh, I your, heard that your one. Uh, Hillary, ex- Hillary
0: Clinton and all that stuff. Yeah, you could
1: have a, an image of someone uh, downloaded to a sex doll's face, I guess is how they do it. So you could have your dead wife face on a sex doll. You could have your ex-girlfriend who hates you. You could have... Barack Obama's face on a sex doll. So, you know, that's kind of controversial. That's something that we could all discuss. Is that right morally? Is it right legally? Like, what is going on here? Can I sue you if you uploaded my face to a sex doll without my permission? I, I like to sometimes choose stories like that so that it can generate some discussion uh, around issues because uh, isn't it fun when we all can argue and, and give our ideas and it opinions is. And, and and I give That's you all this about it's engagement. I give you a phone number you can call. It's free and then and then I and then you hear your phone call on the show. How cool is that? I mean, some of my listeners just they just love that aspect of it and they call all the time they just love i think they just love to hear their voice on the podcast
0: yep yep i mean a lot of podcasters do it with like email and like social media but you know using a phone call like that's next level and you know yeah of course i had to
1: yeah it took some technical uh learning it was a little learning curve to figure out how to do that with the with the google voice number but yeah google voice it's free and, you know, anybody can call from pretty much anywhere. And so, uh, yeah, it, it it worked out that way. And of course, I encourage people to email me too. And I'll read those emails on the show. Some people do. But we're living in a world now where people just kind of want to, they just want to, they don't want to type. So I'm like, I give them a phone number. Hey, call and
0: just rant. Yep. Yep. What's what's next for you, man? Like, what do you have on your plate? Like, as far as comedy goes, I think some of the venues are like opening. Like, do you have anything on your plate that you're doing right now? What, what do your fans have to look forward to, to the future? Well, I haven't even been
1: thinking about stand-up comedy, except uh, uh, I'm going to be doing a show at my workplace. I have a, I've, I've had to take on a regular job during the pandemic that I've had now for three months, and uh, I'm going to do a show at the workplace. So I've been writing jokes about the work, my workplace, which has been kind of fun,
0: and I, I can't wait to do. The, I cannot wait to do the show. Are you I got to get fired after that. Show? So. <laughs> You know,
1: I was talking about my, uh, I was talking to my buddy about that today at work. I'm like, I think some of these jokes might get me fired. Yeah, man, you Uh, have to wait
0: till payday, man. I
1: want to wait till payday. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, Yeah. So that, you know, other than that, though, I have not been thinking about stand-up comedy. I have not been, uh, you know, I haven't been proactively looking for shows to get on. Um, I have no interest in doing a show where people are sitting in their cars in a parking lot and honking the horn when it's funny. That seems to be going on. That's the thing. I have no interest in that. Hey, people need uh, to eat, man. Yeah, people need to eat. That's that's true. I, I have no interest in doing these Zoom shows. I did a few of those, and they're terrible. I'm not doing those again. Uh, I So... As far as stand-up comedy goes, nothing really going on the rest of the year probably for me. Um, I would love to get back to Asia, of course, in 2021 and do some more shows there. And I would love to do it here. I don't know when that's going to happen though. So I don't, I'm not even really thinking about that. I'm just thinking about what else can I create? Well, I can make digital content in the meantime. So I'm working on another podcast, uh, which is going to be uh, sports-related. Uh, so I figure Weird AF News is the beginning of a brand. Uh, and so I'm working on the sports version of that right now. Uh, so weird AF sports is something that you're going to be seeing in the future. Mm, The NBA Uh, bubble.
0: That's a lot of material.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of material in the NBA. So I'm going to do, but I'm going to do the weird part about it, you know? So what's weird about the NBA bubble? I don't know. NBA players sneaking ladies in maybe, I mean, there's a lot of weird things going on in sports. And so I think I can, I can use that as a platform as well. Those and never ending stories about weird sports, even going back into history, of course. So, uh, you know your spree well characters uh you know there's all sorts of weird individuals and weird events in our in our history's past when it comes to sports and there's weird sports
0: yep there there's are even weird, weird, weird sports yeah. there
1: are weird sports uh so like i'm gonna try and cover weird sports and that's gonna be another podcast and Is I'm in the, gonna in be the a, midst- a daily thing as well it will not be a daily thing because that's just that's just too much for me. I can I can only do one daily podcast. I can, any more than that's going to be a, a lot. But I'm I would like to um I would like to be ambitious and like you. I would like to do it once a week. This this other this other one would be great, uh, but it requires a, I'm going to have a co-host so. Uh, there's scheduling involved as well. And I'm not used to that because I, I do my podcast solo so well. every day. I don't have to rely on anybody. So now I'm going to have to make
0: some changes, but I think it's going to be good and I think it's going to be
1: funny yeah,
0: and, you and have, educational as well. Yeah, you have three years of podcasting under your belt. So I'm sure, you know, you're, you're good to go, you know, as far I as... I
1: think that. so. I think I know what I'm doing a bit. And, uh, and so I bring a lot of knowledge to the situation. I know how to market a podcast as well. So uh, yeah, yeah. So... I think these skills can be brought. And I have a built-in audience already that, yep, that enjoy exactly. Weird AF News. And I can, I can market this show to them. Not everybody likes sports that listens to my daily Weird News uh, show, but uh, Weird AF News, not all of them like sports, but some of them, some of them do. And so for them, they might be into this. Uh, and then, of course, there's so many sports fans out there in general. And uh, I haven't really seen a show like this done. Uh, I, I've come across uh, in my research, I've come across a couple, but they don't do it. They didn't do it well, and one of them doesn't even do it anymore. So I think there's room for something like this out there. Weird sports. Um, but meanwhile, I, you know, my my website for Weird AF News just went live two days ago as well. That's something I I worked on. Been working hard on during the pandemic as a website. I thought, why not be a professional and get myself a website for the podcast? Now, I did a little look. look, I didn't find in
0: the mic, like, huh? um,
1: I didn't see that you had a website for your podcast yet.
0: I do have a website. I mean, it's been live for, I want to say, a month now. It's culturalclasspodcast.com. Let me see. Let me see.
1: Oh, okay. I'm finding it right now. Oh, cultureclasspodcast.com. Oh, I see. Oh, my bad. My bad. You definitely have a website. I didn't mean to insult you. Of course no. you do. Look at this. <laughs> and then look at, oh, uh, join the culture class mailing list pops up right away. You can subscribe right away. This is, oh, you got all your latest episodes with large images of the guests. Uh, Are you wow. sorry?
0: your search on the computer?
1: Yep. I'm on the laptop right now. Oh, you got a section where you can become a patron, uh, pay, donate by PayPal. Yeah, you, you have know, links to all to, the shows,
0: you know, trying trying to make things professional, you know, trying to grow. This up. is
1: amazing. Then down below you get your bio right here. You, uh you were born in Nigeria to a military family. This so you moved around a lot. Wow, this is fabulous. This is great, man. Uh, rate your show. I'm going to rate your show for you by the way. Appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'll give you a rating on iTunes. Five stars, five stars. Uh Appreciate, Yeah, any, and those any of you I'll th- hunt
0: you down. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, those of you listening right now to uh the Culture Class podcast uh You know, one way you could support the show, of course, is joining the Patreon, which, which would be very appreciative uh, and I'm sure you get some bonus content and, and and the good feeling that you're supporting the Culture Class pro- Podcast which is a wonderful thing to have but also one way to support the show is to give it a nice review man and what, so whatever podcast listener you have you know there's a good chance that there's a there's a, a way to give the podcast a rating five stars whatever it might be even write a review and that's really really helpful and, and it also shows your support of the podcast and it doesn't cost anything just a little bit of time so you know if you, and especially if you happen to be on iTunes. That's a you know. It really helps the podcast grow um, when you give it ratings on there. It adds to that and it raises the profile. So that would be really helpful. That's what I tell my listeners as well.
0: Man, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Man, it's been it's been fun talking to you, man. It's been fun. And Jonesy has been you know talking about his comedic career. He talked about you know his uh, comedy tour that he did in Asia during COVID and his podcast where AF News, where that's Fuck News that he does in Mondays to Fridays uh, with the Florida episode every Friday. Pretty interesting stuff you want to like give out your social media handles your phone number oh yeah whatever. yeah yeah so uh weird is the website and then
1: if you want to just follow me i just really use instagram mostly at funny jones and that's where you can just kind of see what i'm doing on a daily basis um and I, I always post my shows on there there haven't been any in a while but i i put out you know news about my latest podcast and and what's going on with me on there so that's where i encourage people to follow me at funny jones like Funny Bones, but with a J on Instagram. I'm very active out there. And I even answer DMs from fans and whatnot. So you can give me, if you liked my episode here, you know, I had someone reach out to me. They heard me on a different podcast and was like, hey, I heard you on that podcast. Really cool, man. And that was, you know, and we had a little chat. So yeah, I always answer people that reach out to me. Don't be afraid. Um, and yeah, please check out weirdafnews.com and you can listen to Weird AF News on any of your podcast
0: players as well. Most definitely, most definitely. And as always, you guys can also find Culture Class Podcast on all podcast platforms. Follow us on social media. It's Culture Class Podcast everywhere. CultureClassPodcast.com is the website. Send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, stay safe.